Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and we are back at it, back at it, back at it again. I'm back at it again, man. It is time to discuss today. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot to talk about. A lot of things going on with the New York Jets. We're going to be discussing New York Jets' defense, uh, expectations. You know, we're going to be discussing Quinn and Williams as well. We're also going to be talking about there's a lot of people out there that want to trade Bryce Hall. And I'm wondering why. You know what I'm saying? I've gone back and forth with a lot of people about that too. A lot of fruitful discussions. (laughs) So we're going to get into that. Listen. Let me get it going. I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Listen, your boy is on iTunes, okay? Go on over to iTunes. Search The Long Beach Joe Show, Okay. Follow the show, subscribe to the show, and leave your boy some feedback. Give me some stars, you know what I'm saying? Give me, give me, give me full stars. Let me know how you folks feel about the show, uh, you know, that I produce, uh, everything that I'm doing over here. I greatly appreciate everyone that does leave me some great feedback. I absolutely appreciate it. I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love interacting with people, love knowing about, you know, what people think about my show and how I'm doing over here. So I'm also on YouTube as well for those of you that are listening Maybe on Blog Talk, again, Blog Talk Radio, backslash Long Beach Joe. Uh, Also, again, if you're listening to me from the iTunes, which is the Long Beach Joe Show, I am on YouTube, okay? Come on over to YouTube, hit that, you know, the Long Beach Joe Show. You can type that in. You can also type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, all right? Subscribe, hit that notification bell, okay? So when I post content, you folks will be in the know. All right. Your boy's also on Twitter as well at the Long Beach Joe at the Long Beach Joe is the show's page at Young J zero 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 is my page as well. My personal page. I love going back and forth with folks about this team. You know what I'm saying? Hit me up. Let's go back and forth. People also want to talk to me about life. I'm all good with that, too. Go ahead and hit me up. We'll go back and forth. So salutes to everybody. Again, all the savages in the chat. Brian Seal, Dark Soldier, my guy, Dave, salute to you as well. Dave says, Joe, how did you become a Jets fan? Hey, <laughs> I became a Jets fan watching the Monday Night Miracle. That was one of the first, uh, that was the first Jets game that I had watched full extent. And ever since that, I followed the team. That's how I fell in love with football as well. I was a big basketball fan up until that point. And uh, that's what I was all about. Big Laker fan. Still am. All right. We're going through some, some rough times. We'll figure it out. But that's how I became a Jets fan. So salutes to you, Dave. We're going to get into a lot of things. But let me tell you something, folks. We have a treat. It's interesting that Dave asked me how I became a Jets fan because uh, I also created this show as well as a Jets fan to touch other fans, to get in contact with other fans, to talk about, you know, what's going on where they're at. There's a lot of Jets fans that are outside of that New York area, like myself. I'm a California guy. Everybody knows that. It's in the name, Long Beach Joe, Long Beach, California. But there's also people that are also, you know, out there as well. And they find ways to gather and cheer on the green, to gather my Jets brothers and sisters to sit down and watch a game together and, you know, cheer on this team. And we all know it's tough. It's tough to do that, but they find a way to do it week after week. So I'm going to have a very special guest come on right now from Orange County. 
the Orange County Jets fan club. My guy Robert's going to come on, and he's going to speak to us about what they're doing in Orange County, how they gather, and have a lot of fun cheering on this football team. Robert, I want to welcome you to the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you doing today, my friend? Hey, Joe. uh, Good to hear from you. Thanks for having me on again. I guess we did this about a year ago, and we had a lot of fun, so Mm -hmm. we're going to do it again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And listen, Robert, again, I want to thank you for coming on. It was great to speak to you the last time, and I'm excited, excited to speak to you again as well. Now, I just got asked a second as well, you know, a second ago about how I became a fan. Can you explain to my audience what made you become a fan of the New York Jets? That's always a good question, Joe. I think we even discussed that about a year ago. Um, You know, it it, it comes to mind, you know, I used to do sports radio in Las Vegas, and back in the 90s I was doing a radio show, and – we started talking about fans and why people root for them. And they asked me, because they all knew I was from New York. They were like, hey, Bob, I have a question for you. Why are you a Jets fan and not a Giants fan? Why are you a Yankee fan and not a Mets fan? Why are you a Knicks fan and not a Nets fan? So, uh, and especially in a city like New York or out here in Los Angeles, where we have uh, multiple teams, uh, you, you usually have a choice. Um, I, I go back to when I was a kid, two things that, that I remember quite well. Uh, I was coming back from the World's Fair in 1965. I was a little little kid at that time, and the Jets were playing a Saturday evening game against, uh, as I found out later, the Oakland Raiders. If if people Mm. ever remembered or ever went to Shea Stadium, there were parts of the the subway ramp where you actually had a glimpse of the field. Uh, For baseball, you could literally see the entire diamond and, and all of right field. For football, a little bit different because they put port- portable seats into the football season. But there was an area uh, on the subway platform where you actually had a glimpse of the field, and uh, the Jets were playing at the time. And uh, I guess that's kind of one of the reasons why I got to be a fan. Also, I used to go to a, a day camp in Manhattan, and, and one day we had a field trip, and we went up to Peekskill, New York, to watch the Jets practice. So those two things kind of uh, helped me become a Jets fan. Uh, what also helped was the fact that they got good and won the Super Bowl while the Giants were really, really bad for a very long time. So uh, both <laughs> the Jets and the Mets, uh, pretty much the same year, 69, uh, established fan bases uh, early on into their, um, uh, you know, into the beginning of the, the franchise. And, uh, you know, I jumped on the Jets bandwagon and have been on it ever since. And even though they haven't won since 1969, uh, I certainly don't regret <laughs> being a fan. Yeah, I, I, Rob is, is Robert has been it's been tough. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, it's been tough being a Jets fan. There's been some some seasons where you just wonder what is going on out here. But it's always beautiful to hear everyone's different, you know, perspective of how they became a Jets fan. Everyone everyone's different road because there's a lot of people out there that you know just grow up in Jets families and you know they're all wearing Jets gear and you you know you're born and. You, you know, you realize, start to realize yourself, and you say, okay, well, what team? And they go, uh, listen, you're going to be a Jets fan, and that's the end of it. I get a lot of people that say that that's how they became a Jets fan, and they've been stuck with the team ever since. And, you know, they love it just like everybody else, but it's been tough. Now, speaking about, you know, connecting with other Jets fans as well, can you explain to us how your fan club came about? I mean, you guys are out there in Orange County rocking. Yeah, we uh, well, we've been actually around. I, I think you really need to go back to the uh, uh, to the early '90s uh, when a guy named Sean Deegan, who um, I guess is the CEO of JetsInsider.com, um, I still think they're still around. Uh, he had a website that kind of uh, um, you could post whatever bar you go to, and if, if Jet fans go there, and from there, I made a posting, and a bunch of people started going to a bar, 
in uh, Huntington Beach, which still exists, called Out of Bounds. Shout out to Out of Bounds in Huntington Beach. And a bunch of us started meeting there, and over the years, it just kind of grew, and the people have changed. I mean, we're talking now over 20 years ago. Um, right now, we are over um, in the uh, outlets of Orange, uh, the block of Orange, uh, if you will, and we go to Dave and Buster's. So um, I would say the last, going back to the Rex Ryan era, uh, some other people have picked up the mantle, and they kind of run the show. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's kind of that had came about, um, the last couple of years, as you could well imagine has not been good on the field, but because of COVID, uh, I actually only went, uh, twice, uh, uh to go mm. to see the Jets play. And, uh, yeah, I, I got the Sunday ticket. Uh, my wife didn't want, <laughs> my wife's a little concerned. She didn't want to go to bars at that time, which is understandable, mm-hmm. but I think this year we're going to be back and, uh, uh, back at Dave and Buster's in Orange, and uh, you know, hopefully the team will be good too. Absolutely, hopefully it will. Again, we're speaking with Orange County Jets fan club Robert Gage on the line. He's given us all the takes about his fan club and everything that he's doing there. Now, Robert, listen, I know what it's like being a Jets fan in my local area. It can get a little rough. I'm surrounded by Niners fans. I got Raiders fans here. We even got some bandwagon Chargers fans. All right. What is it like being a Jets fan where you are there in Orange County? Is it tough? Is it just as tough as it is where I am? You know, it's probably the same. You know, the, the thing about football in Southern California is we didn't have a team for 20 years. So fan bases mm. of just about every team pretty much popped up. So it's, it's not like there was one dominant. You know, the Rams obviously won the Super Bowl last year, and they're trying to rebuild that fan base that they had back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, but for yep. the most part, it, it You know, there are so many fans of other teams that it doesn't really it, – it's not really an issue. Give you an example. If I were to go to a, a, a Lakers-Knicks game, and I know you're a Laker fan, I'm a Knicks fan, I wore my orange and blue, people are going to get pretty okay. upset about that because the Lakers dominate this market. The Lakers and the Dodgers completely dominate the market from the fan standpoint. Uh, but for football, yep. it's a little different. There's everybody roots for so many other teams. Yeah, they're Raider fans or Niner fans. They're – there are Charger fans, and so it doesn't it, – compared to the other sports, it's actually a little bit different just because of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, like you said as well, and I, I forgot to mention there are a lot of Rams, fan, Rams fans. That fan base is starting to grow up as well uh, because, you know, of their recent success and everything that they've done. I'm seeing a lot of Aaron Donald jerseys all over the place, sure. you know, every so often. But like you said, you know, it's it's they're building up, but there's – a lot of established, you know, dominating teams. And like you said, Ray, uh, Lakers are definitely, you know, a big, big hit down there. Dodgers, USC as well. You know, a lot of people say USC is like the pro football team for L.A. A lot of people are, have said that in the past. But as the Rams keep building up and keep going and, you know, the Chargers, you know, they're coming along as well with Herbert. We're starting to see that more and more and more. But it's always beautiful when I'm walking around to – Every now and then, I see a Jets fan. Every now and then, Robert, I don't know if you if you see it outside of just, you know, meeting with the club, but every now and then in, in Southern California, I'll bump into another Jets fan, you know, and we'll once we see each other, we, we lock eyes and we start talking, you know, about this team and everything that we're doing and all the excitement. And that's where I want to go with you because I know we've talked about your club, but I need to talk to you about this football team, man. You're super knowledgeable. Listen. What are your thoughts about Robert Sulla and Joe Douglas? How are you feeling about the changes that they've been able to make to this franchise? Well, well we've had one year. So I'm going to be a little – even though I'm older, I'm still going to be a little bit more patient 
than than uh, a, a lot of the people. I like Salah. Uh, he, he looks like a good leader. Uh, one thing um, I will mention is that the entire fan base really wanted him. Unlike some of the other hires they had in previous years, when they announced his name, this is the people, this is the guy everybody wanted. So we're all kind of invested emotionally in getting him in here from San Francisco. Uh, Joe Douglas been there a little bit longer. Uh, his approach to uh, building the team is different from a lot of other teams. Uh, he believes in uh, developing your depth through free agency. Uh, case in point, uh, the Rams, they want to sell their first-round picks for established people. They've got a different philosophy. Yep. So hopefully over the last few years and hopefully over the last draft, the Jets have accumulated enough uh, draft capital to stock the roster with good young players. And uh, hopefully they'll, uh, that'll show up this year. Yeah, hopefully it will. Uh, there's been a lot of additions. I tell you what, particularly in free agency as well, we've made a lot of moves. There was a lot of surprising signings. When you look at the Jets' past last free agency period, what was your favorite signing out of them all? What was the guy that you were like, wow, I'm excited he was able to, you know, they were able to get a Jets jersey on this guy? Yeah, Lake and Tomlinson, for sure. Um, uh, he's going to be plugged right into the offensive line that definitely needs to, uh, to, to do better than they have the last few years, and we need to get Beckham back in there as well. I don't think that's a secret. But I like that signing. Uh, the, they, they signed a couple of tight ends. Uh, the names kind of elude me right now, especially the guy from the Bengals. So uh, it, it looks like they – yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, they've, they've made some good moves in that regard. So, you know, again, at the end of the day, it, it's – it depends on what you do on the field. If you go on the field and you perform and you win, we'll get the accolades. If it's uh, the same old Jets, we'll hear the same old stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll see. But I'll tell you, I'm I've, I've excited about a lot of things that you did. You brought up Lakeland Tomlinson as well. I thought it was a phenomenal signing, especially when you look at the issues that we had last season protecting Zach Wilson. That was a big-time issue. We saw him get the knee injury because of it. Also, the lack of ability to run the football, I think, really stunted our growth offensively. With him on the line, now moving Elijah Vera Tucker to that right guard spot, I think we're in a great position and a great spot to really excel. You talked about the addition of the two tight ends, Uzama and uh, and Tyler Conklin as well. That's going to be big, too. We finally have some threats from there. I also love the signing of DJ Reed. I love bringing him in at that corner position. Jordan Whitehead being brought as well at safety. That's going to give us a lot of pop back there, especially, again, in run support because he's a guy that comes downhill and just will absolutely destroy you. We did a lot of really good things, made a lot of really good moves in that free agency period, and it's really going to benefit this football team. I really expect it you know, to really pay out and pay dividends for us when we're on the field performing against other football teams now. We talked about free agency, man. Give me your thoughts about the draft. How excited were you about some of the moves that Joe Douglas was able to make? You know, we got Sauce Garner. Well, we got Kieran Yeah. Moved up. They got draft, they got draft capital, obviously. And, uh, you know, I love Sauce Gardner. Uh, I, I think the entire Jet Nation does. And, and I like Garrett Wilson. I mean, these are two front-line guys. They essentially, uh, at the end of the day, it looked like they basically had um, four first-round draft choices. And at some point in time, if you're if you're getting this right, it's going to come to fruition. So uh, one can only hope that this year is the year that they got it right, and a lot of these guys will, you know, grow up and uh, and uh, do it at the same time. Yeah, and especially again making the move for Brees Hall, I think in the second round too, really shocked a lot of people. It shocked me. I was live, uh, you know, talking with everybody in the chat, all the savages. We were going back and forth. But I think that that shows that there's definitely going to be a commitment to the run. I think a lot of moves 
that they've made. Again, you talked about Lakeland Tomlinson earlier, the tight ends that we were able to bring in, you know, uh, like I said, Uzama and, and Conklin, and also getting Jeremy Ruckert as well, who's one of the better run-blocking tight ends in, this, uh, in that uh, draft class. And then you end up with another back to pair with Michael Carter. I think a lot of that says, hey, we're going to take the load off of Zach Wilson, and we're going to give him – a solid running game to kind of balance off of. Again, we're in a run-first scheme running this Shanahan offense. The Niners, they run the football hard, and we're going to be running the football hard this upcoming season. And when you talk about Zach Wilson, it leads me to my next question for you. What are your takes on him and what you saw last season, and what are your expectations for him coming into this season? Well, let's face it. He's as green as a green pea in a pot. Okay, so um, the question question you got to look at with Zach Wilson is, A, does he have the arm strength to be an NFL quarterback? The answer is yes. Does he have maneuverability? Can he run out of the pocket? The answer is yes on that, too. He's very athletic. He's got all the physical skills that you need to be a very, very good, if not exceptional, NFL quarterback. The rest is up in the head. The rest is the team around him, the play calling, uh, the entire genre of that. If he can get that together, um, I don't think there's any question he's got the ability to be good. But you got to put the right pieces around him. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, we talked about the draft just now, and obviously they, they're, they're putting a lot of good uh, pieces around him. I mean, if you listen to anybody on ESPN or the NFL Network, everybody loved their draft and, and gave them A's across the board. So hopefully that's true. I know it doesn't always uh, turn out that way, but hopefully that is true. And uh, we would look yeah. forward to uh, seeing him bounce back in a, in a big way. Yeah, I'm hoping that he does as well. I mean, there's so much excitement surrounding him. I think he's a guy that can be a top 15 quarterback in this league. Robert, do you think I'm crazy by saying that? There's a lot of people no. that kind of no. look at me a little crazy, but do you think I'm crazy when I say that? No, no, not at all. Uh, not at all. And, you know, people are so impatient, um, especially this day and age. Um, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. You know, I always like to remind people that um, uh, down in in San Diego, uh, they once had a really good quarterback that they gave away and (laughs) for pretty much nothing. And if they would have kept him, they could have used – yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Drew Brees situation, they they didn't give him a chance. Everyone was trying to kick him out of town. And look what he turned into. You know, uh, not even that. Just going back over the years, there are plenty of quarterbacks. Uh, even Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington was on the bench for a couple, three years before he got put in, and he showed what he could do. So uh, the kid is young. He's only 22 years old. Um, there's a lot of growing to be done there. And uh, with any luck, um, with any luck, everything that we're talking about, putting the pieces together with the draft, uh, with the free agent signing, and with development of the young players, at some point in time that, that, that's going to work, and, and they're going to show yeah. some promise. Yeah, absolutely, they will. Now, listen, Robert, you, you give us such great takes. This is my final question before I let you go, man, because you're such a just a super knowledgeable Jets fan. I'm a guy that's extremely hyped about Elijah Moore, man. I'm fired up about him, fired up what he brings to the table. How are you feeling about him going into this, this, his second season? Do you think he's a guy that really will pop and have an outstanding season this upcoming season? Well, you know, we talked about him last year if you remember, and that was my favorite pick of last year's draft. Um, assuming he stays healthy, he, he's got all the goods. They certainly have got a lot of good, young, wide receivers that came from blue-chip programs uh, yep. who know how to play. And, again, it's a matter of time before all this comes together. And we, I'm just like you, Joe. 
I'm very excited about this team because I know that a young team, you, you watch it from the beginning, they draft, and all of a sudden they get good. Case in point, uh, I don't know if you're a hockey fan. I'm a big hockey fan. I'm a big Rangers fan. The Rangers were bad for about five years. They drafted the top of the draft board for a bunch of years, made some uh, free agent signings, and look what they did this year. They got to the final four. They almost won the Stanley Cup. And it's the same thing as the Jets. All really good young players, smart GMs, making smart moves. They didn't win it this year, but everyone now going into next year, people will be looking at the Rangers going, hey, the Rangers now, they're going to, They've got a shot at winning the Cup next year. Hopefully the Jets can be just they're just a little bit behind the Rangers in that time frame. Hopefully they can get up and do the same thing as the Rangers did. Hopefully they can. Listen, Robert, it has been phenomenal speaking with you, man. You bring such great takes. Like I always say, you're, you're a super knowledgeable fan. Can you please, again, share with my audience every way that they can contact you. Give them all your social media. And also, again, please give them the address, phone number, everything they can to where they can get in contact as far as where you folks meet. My, uh, my Twitter account is at the 12 gauge. That's P H E one, two G U A G E. You can contact me that way. Uh, Orange County jet fans has their own, um, uh, Facebook page. If you just go Orange County jet fans, you can get to the Facebook page. Um, we've got a bunch of guys. I don't actually run it. A guy named Mario runs it. He does a really, really good job with that. Uh, we're at David Buster's. That is at the outlet uh, or the block of orange, if you will. And uh, we usually get, we get, we got we will get good crowds again this year. If the team wins, there'll be a lot of people that find us and a lot of people that show up. The one thing about being from New York is there's a lot of people from New York. <laughs> so yeah. when any of the teams get good, you, you'll you'll be seeing people around Southern California. I mean, I see a lot of Yankee hats all the time, and the Yankees are good. Yeah. If the Jets win, you'll see Jet stuff as well. Yes, absolutely you will. Listen, Robert, it's been phenomenal to speak with you. Thank you for calling in tonight. You have yourself a good one, my friend. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate having you on, and uh, we'll be listening to uh, future shows. And uh, as as we say, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's what I'm talking about, Robert. You have a good one. Listen, Robert coming on and giving us some takes, man. I love you. Listen, it's time to get into it. We got a lot to discuss. Again, salutes to Robert Gage coming on from the Orange Orange County Jets Fan Club. Listen, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal interview to speak with him. But now it's time to talk about Jets. Tim, we'll be coming to you in just a second. Listen, I want to talk a little bit about this Jets defensive line. I'm excited for it. I truly, truly am. You look at, um, you know, what we have here coming to the table. I think one of the guys that I think is going to get big eyes this year is Quinnen Williams. A lot of people looking at Quinnen Williams just signing that fifth-year option, and we're still waking, waiting for that breakout season from him. We're still waiting for him to become the guy that we drafted extremely high, right, and the guy that we were looking to really dominate up front. He's dealt with injuries. He had a foot injury last season that costed him some, some time. He had other injuries as well, that, as well that costed him time, you know, on that injury list, costing him time away from the field. But now we're looking to see him take the next step this upcoming season because it's contract time. It truly, truly is. And Quentin Williams himself has talked about how he doesn't think that he's necessarily performed up to the standards of being drafted as high as he did. But this year, he's, or next year, he's going to come into the season ready to go fired up and to prove, everybody, to prove to everybody that he's that guy. You know what I'm saying? So 
Quentin Williams is definitely going to be a guy that we look at. The return of Carl Lawson is going to be huge for us, extremely, extremely huge for us. Again, depending on how he comes back, right, hopefully he comes back and he's good to go and he can get off. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to work himself back into shape. We'll be talking about that as well, work himself back into the groove of football. But once he does, I think his presence out there as a pass rusher is definitely going to help us. We have not had at a, you know, edge rushing years especially, again, with the addition of Jermaine Johnson, which I think was gigantic in this draft. Moving up to get that kid, getting some certified edge rush in this league is huge. And, again, if you look at our defense and the way that it works, I kept telling people going into this draft, right, if you look at the Niners who run the exact same defense, Robert Sulla, same stuff that the Niners run. If you look at the Niners front with Bosa and Warner and all those guys, That's how their defense works, from front to back. They create pressure. They get after you. They destroy you. That's how they win, down after down after down. And the biggest issue that we saw last year in this Jets defense was the lack of pass rush. It killed us. It absolutely killed us. Carl Lawson went down, and then it was just John Franklin Myers, but John Franklin Myers wasn't giving us, you know, consistency out there. He had some games where he really put on, and then it was, you know, he was, just kind of a ghost out there. There was no plays, no nothing from him. So pass rush this upcoming season is going to be big for us, and especially, again, with a lot of the other additions that we've been able to make. Solomon Thomas, we got Vinny Curry back. You know, he recovered from that that blood uh, issue that he had. We've got so many guys now within the rotation. Nathan Shepard, Sheldon Rankins, you know, coming back as well. We're going to see what we get from him this year. Getting Jacob Martin as well. That is huge for the New York Jets because now our rotation is going to be solid too. So we're going to be discussing a lot tonight, man. I'm really fired up about this defensive line and and something that it could bring to the table, especially against the run because last year we were horrific against the run. So now we're going to get to these lines again, 515-602-9639. is number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Again, when you call in, please be patient. We will get to everybody. The lines are hot, okay? Uh, also, no cursing, okay? I know I have new callers. Please do not curse on my show. I'll get you out of here fast. I'm talking fast. Faster than we got Jamal Adams out of here. <laughs> Jamal, I just want to know, how does it feel to leave because you don't want to be part of a rebuild? But then you go, the place you go to is a rebuild. <laughs> I'm sure it feels lovely. The Jets are on their way up. So we're going to get to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. First, I'm going to my guy, Tim. Tim, we're coming directly to you. Salute to you, Tim. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Listen, Tim, we're talking New York Jets defensive line. We're talking the things we got going. Uh, give me your thoughts about Quentin Williams, man. What are your expectations of him coming into this season? Uh, you know what, man? There's been so much, so much Jets media getting put out. How you been, by the way? It's been a long time since we spoke. I've been, I've been all right. I've been all right, Tim. Uh, how are you? I'm good, man. Good, just you know, living that suburb, you know, dad bod life over here in South Jersey. Feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, so give me give me your thoughts about Quentin Williams. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I've always liked Quentin Williams from day one. Um, he's he's the, he's the kind of guy who uh, he he's 
he's got the heart, you know what I mean? He's got the heart, and he's the type of guy that we want to see on the Jets. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's where I start. And, and you know, as long as they're, as long as they're contributing uh, in whatever role they're playing and, and helping our defense, you know, in a 360-degree fashion, not just from a, uh, you know, a siloed-off statistical standpoint, um, I'm fine with that. I think he has the heart. I think the fact that his brother came to this – it is his brother, right, Quincy, that's on the team too? Yeah, Quincy. Quincy is his brother, yeah, yeah. the linebacker. Yeah, you know, I, thought, I, I just think the whole thing is a positive – you know, the whole thing just brings a whole positive attitude to that defense. I think they're juiced up because of Jermaine Johnson. I think Quinnen is probably super excited. I think they're probably all super excited to go into the season, just like the fans are, because we know – we know who our players are, and we know that if they're all, you know, functioning at, at full capacity, that they're, they're going to be beasts, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, my, my biggest thing was, you know, I applaud them for what they did in the draft because I think even though they got, you know, Sauce Gardner is very young and flashy and whatnot, you know, when you see them in the press conferences, all these players are super humble about why they're here. You know, I, I was actually taken aback because I was expecting more of, like, a bravado from Sauce and maybe a little bit more from Jermaine and Garrett Wilson. But all three of those guys mm-hmm. super articulate. You know, the, the first thing out of their mouth is that they're here to work and learn from the veterans. And then on the yeah. defensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, I think our biggest weakness is probably our, our slot. And mm-hmm. if, we can, if we can maybe get Michael Carter to lock down that slot position in, in, a, in a relatively, uh, you know, uh, productive fashion, I guess you can say, then yeah, our defense I, is going to be real good because I think we have a pass rush. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's the biggest thing is that now we have a pass rush where we're going to be able to put pressure on people now. And that's going to be my next question for you, man, is, what is your expectations of Jermaine Johnson in his first season? How many sacks do you expect him to get? Uh, I think he's going to, you know, everyone, you know, everyone always uses that term. He's, he's going to be a day one contributor, right? Just kind of meaning that, mm-hmm. you know, they're pro, they're pro ready. Just meaning like that they prepare like a pro, you know, pretty much like a pro already. They, they deal with a complex playbook, et cetera, so on. So they're used to the program, but, you know, these guys are always going to learn in, in their rookie season how just how big and strong the, everybody else is in the NFL. And so, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, it's, the, the, best, the best players can work through that initial kind of uh, smack in the face from that standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. I'm no longer the strongest guy on the field. Like, you know what I mean? And if they can work through that and stay positive and work on their technique and just always improve their technique, then I think uh, I think he has a great chance of, of for stats this season. I mean, I'm going to guess, you know, I'm going to guess. Uh, I don't know how aggressive they're going to be, but but I'm going to guess. Uh, let's say four and a half. Okay. Okay. All I'll right. go. I'll go yeah, four, four and a half because I true. I uh, yeah, I truly believe that the whole line is going to kind of spread those sacks pretty evenly because I think the defensive line is okay. going to line up a bunch of different ways. And they have some versatile, yeah. you know, they have some versatile uh, guys, so it gives them a lot of options at, at blitz uh, and whatnot, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I hear you, and that that leads me to my next question for you because we talk about Jermaine Johnson. You know, there's a lot of expectations from him, but what are your thoughts about Carl Lawson coming back into the fold, man? Do you think it's going to take some time to, to, for him to work himself back into the groove? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's always going to take people time when they come back. You know, we're seeing we're seeing that with Makai uh, Beckton. Um, same kind of situation in terms of people talking about is he ready? Is he not ready? Uh, you know, is he going to be able to contribute this year in, in a substantial way, which is what everybody wants him to do. Same thing with Shaq Lawson. I mean, Shaq Lawson, I think, has always been a, a good quality starter for our team. And if you're just adding, you know, skill on skill, I don't see how that could be bad for anybody. Now, yeah. you know, well, Lawson, it's going to be interesting. Lawson's yeah. gone now. We did bring in. Uh, oh, he is. We did bring oh, in other guys as well. Yeah. We, yeah, no, we brought in, like, Solomon Thomas, Michael Clemens as well. We drafted. There's a lot of other guys. Jake, Blake, uh, Blake Jacob and, Martin. Blake and, Blake and Tomlinson, too, is pretty exciting, right? Yeah, yeah. Blake, Blake and Tomlinson yeah, so is the guy. Yeah, we brought in from San Francisco. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy yeah, Rucker, so that often, too. Of Jersey guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's been a lot of moves. But listen, again, Tim, I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. You have yourself a good night, all right? Yeah, you too, man. Good talking to you. All right. Great talking to you. Listen, Tim calling in with some heat, man. I respect it. I respect it. So we're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-939. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Next, we got another treat, all right? We got another treat. We have Adam Bartolo calling in from the Virginia Jets fans. Adam calling in with the takes. Listen, Adam, I want to welcome you to the Long Beach Joe Show, my friend. How are you feeling today? I am fired up, Long Beach Joe. This is my second time on with you. I'm excited to be here. I want to thank you for having me on uh, before we uh, go anywhere. I'm happy to talk some Jets. Let's do this thing. Absolutely, man. You know I'm fired up. We've gone back and forth before. We talk Jets quite a bit now. Adam, can you explain to my audience, man, what made you put on that Jets jersey? You know, when you decided to pick a team, what made you say, hey, I want to be a Jets fan? Well, you know, I think I was in a, a playground, and we all, a bunch of my friends and I, we all had a hat, and there were a bunch of different uh, team names in the paper, and I just happened to have the last pick. Uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> So growing up, I was really uh, growing up. I was really a New York football fan. I mean, in my house, you know, we weren't a big sports family. I mean, my dad and I—the only team we really have in common is the New York Rangers. It was really hockey and baseball with him. Like we would watch football, but I don't even think I knew until years later that he was actually a Cowboys fan. To this day, I've still mm. never seen him wear any Cowboys gear. Uh, I've never seen him own any Cowboys memorabilia. Uh, He's like a closeted Cowboys fan. It's it's kind of interesting. So I just kind of grew yeah. up rooting for both New York teams. It was the 80s. I mean, it was an exciting time to for both franchises, really. But I think it's because I kind of identify with the underdogs a little bit more. I mean, I, I've always been a, a diehard New York Mets fan. And, you know, mm-hmm. as good as the Giants were doing, I, I just felt there was something that lured me in gradually more towards the Jets. I can't give you a specific day. I can't give you a specific game. I think what completely turned me over, like, 100% Jets fan is when Bill Parcells actually went. Uh, because mm. all of a sudden, it was it, – yeah, there was something about it, them being more um, valid. It, it made them more credible. And I, I got to be honest, I kind of like when they went back to the jerseys. I was never a big fan of the Kelly green, uh, to be honest. The yeah. logo, yes, but not so much the light green. Uh, so I would say it was mm. in my uh, when I was uh, in my teenage years when I realized I was Jets all the way. Yeah, 
Yeah, listen, I'll tell you what. I know Bill Parcells may have been the guy that, you know, really – but Rex Ryan for me, man, he was one of my favorite oh. Jets coaches of all time. I know a lot of people talk about Herm, you know, the, the quote, playoffs, you know. <laughs> There's just a lot of things, you know, that, that, that went on as well when he was here. Uh, there was a lot of talks, you know, about Herm talking about, hey, you know, you got to win, you got to win to get in, you know, all that stuff that went on. But Rex Ryan, just the bravado that he showed, how excited he was, you know, how he just instilled that within the fan base. That was huge for me, man, especially what he was able to do on the field. So Rex was definitely a guy that I remember just being fired up about, Adam. I really loved, you know, what he brought to the New York Jets. But when you look and you talk about your fan club, man, how did your fan club come about, man? And where do people hang out? You know, where do you guys hang out to watch these Jets games? You know, it's amazing. So we are in Southeast Virginia. We're in uh, Hampton Roads, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, Portsmouth, Hampton, Newport News, Suffolk. Those seven cities make up Hampton Roads. And what's so mm-hmm. cool about where we are, it's right in the middle of North and South. And also there's 11 military bases in this area. It has the most military of any region in the United States. So what that means is you get people coming here from all over the place. But the funny thing about it is that the Virginia Jets fans was started by a native Norfolk native named Sterling, uh, who has since retired to Florida. He's like, he's a classic hippie. Even to this day, he still like goes to like Margaritaville and loves the grateful dead. He has like one of those little mini VW buses, mini buses, you know, with like all the Woodstock memorabilia. It's, it's, he's quite, he's quite the character. Uh, So he started the club back in 1990, and then I came along in in 2018, uh, in the summer of 2018, or 17, I apologize. 2017, I moved here from Chicago. I've been living in Chicago for 20 years, particularly in the West Suburbs, and let me tell you, living in the suburbs of Chicago, it's 95% Mm. Bears, 4% Packers, and 1% the Outcasts. I was amongst the Outcasts. Yeah, Yeah. it uh, it it was quite interesting. So uh, coming over here, as soon as I knew I was moving, I was looking up for, you know, other fans of my teams, and I found the Virginia Jets fans on Facebook. And I I joined immediately, and next thing I know, I'm completely in. I met a bunch of great people. And uh, the first year, after the first year, they named me the Fireman Ed Award winner because I wound up Mm. leading all the touchdown chance starting about halfway through the season. And uh, I still do it to this day. And, uh, yeah, then 2019, uh, we, there were some changes in the uh, management, you might say, in the hierarchy, and they named me mm-hmm. the president of the club, and I've been in that spot ever since. Uh, you know, I do a lot of accounting. Uh, that's one of my big responsibilities is tracking all the money because we do have okay. quite a bit that goes on. We have raffle prizes. We have 50-50 drawings. We really do all kinds of fun stuff. We've done road trips, and there's uh, various events. We even have an off-season. Uh, where wow. we have monthly events, and now they're kind of coming back. Now that we're hopefully getting past uh, the pandemic, we did a Norfolk Tides versus Syracuse Mets baseball game just last weekend. We did axe throwing mm-hmm. the month before that. We did our uh, annual chili cook-off, which has been going on for 20 years. I even got to customize the trophy for it, which was basically a giant toilet bowl, and I put a nameplate on it with Virginia Jets. It was uh, it was <laughs> it was pretty freaking neat. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, so we'll be watching a whole lot more games together. Um, so it's not just, that's what I'm most proud of about this club 
it's not just a club where we meet 17 weeks a year and watch the regular season games. You know, we really are a family. One of our shirts says faith, family, football, because Mm. we want to not just watch the games together, but we want to have the friendships. And, you know, when you move around like I have, it means that much more. And, uh, you know, what can I say? Misery breeds community and the Jets are proof of it. Yeah. Listen, Adam, you guys are bringing a lot to the table. This, this Virginia Jets fan club is doing a lot hearing about all the things you guys do, especially again, like you talked about in the off season, that is huge, man. That is huge. Now, can you please tell us, you talked about, you know, how you guys are are out, you know, how the, uh, the fan base kind of breaks down out there. There's a lot of fans from other, you know, kind of fan bases and you guys are just kind of cast off into the others. What is it like being a Jet fan in your local area? Do you get hassled by other fan bases? You know what? Well, first of all, uh, you could always come hang with us at AJ Gators on Shore Drive in Norfolk. Now, there's several different AJ Gators locations, but uh, ours is kind of in the northwest part of Norfolk, Virginia. Pretty nice, uh, pretty pretty nice area, as a matter of fact. They uh, right across the the parking lot, of the strip mall. They got a new brewery, and they do both beer and coffee, which is uh, which is pretty good. But like I said, you have fans here from all over the place. Like I see probably the most common fan bases that I see are probably Redskins. I'm sorry, Commanders. You can't say the other word anymore. Uh, Commanders, Ravens, and you get a good mix really of Eagles. There's a lot of Philly here. You get some Steelers, some Cowboys. There's like six, Mm -hmm. seven fan bases that are right up there. But I have seen every single jersey of every single team at one point or another. And that's what makes it kind of fun because, you know, there's so much uh, to talk about. I I was at a burger festival a couple weeks ago. Uh, There was like 19 different restaurants all serving burgers. I had to tap out at about 11 burgers. But I ran into five different Bills fans. There was a group, they're all wearing Bills stuff. And I I said, and I was behind them in line, and I said, uh, you know, I just told them, uh, you know, that I was a Jets fan and whatnot. I said, hey, bottom line, we hate the Patriots, right? And they're like, yeah, you're one of us. You're cool. Yeah, this guy can <laughs> hang with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, you know we what? do. You know? There are people who will pity you. There are people when you tell them a Jets fan, they're like, dang, and they kind of just dismiss you. But you know yeah. what? And we're going to get into the team in a little bit, but I'm not ashamed mm-hmm. to say that I'm a Jets fan, and I'm definitely not ashamed yeah. to say that I'm part of the Virginia Jets fans club. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I mean, you guys do a lot of things over there. Like Herman said, you play to win the game. You know what I'm saying? You guys are absolutely having a lot of fun with all the things you folks do when you gather around. So, you know, I really enjoy everything you're doing. Again, everyone, we're speaking with Adam Bartolo from the Virginia Jets Fan Club. Get involved with them any way that you can. Now, you talked about being, you know, excited about being a Jets fan. You're proud to be a Jets fan. Give me your thoughts about Sulla and Joe Douglas, what they're bringing to the table, and how they've turned mm. things around. Are they the reason that you've become more excited to be a Jets fan? Well, I can tell you this. This is the first time since Tannenbaum and Rex, which was most definitely the last time that this team had any kind of uh, lasting relevance, that mm-hmm. the general manager and the head coach are on the same page. The synchronicity, you know, is so, so important, and I don't really think we've realized it until the last couple of years because think of what we've been through since then. Idzik and Rex, McCagnan and Bowles, uh, McCagnan yeah. and Gase. <laughs> you know, it has been absolutely excruciating getting through this, and I think in the back of, our, of my mind, I just kind of took for granted, like, 
we are just a dysfunctional organization. This is the way that yeah. it is. I mean, we've got both parties reporting to the owner, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You know, we're using these outside search firms to find these guys, and we're getting opinions from 70- and 80-year-old men who maybe not be with football where it's going in uh, the year 2020, 21, and 2022. You know, we don't even need to run the yeah. names. We know who they are. So here's Probably what I'm going to say first of all. As soon as Joe Douglas goes, I, am actually, I would actually consider shaving my head in his freaking honor. He has <laughs> been fantastic. I don't think there has been anybody affiliated with the Jets since Rex who has made me this excited to be a fan of the team. No player, no coach. It's taken the general manager and his vision. And you know what? He knew. He knew that he was going to need a six-year contract because he's learned from the best. He's learned from Ozzie Newsom and the like. He knew what it would take to turn a franchise that was just so in the dumper and turn them around to relevancy. Now we're starting to see the fruits of that labor with these free agent signings, with these draft picks. So now ultimately the hope is significant improvement this year, and then you find a couple of reinforcements to round the roster out next season. Uh, But as far as Joe Douglas is concerned, I am absolutely thrilled with what he's doing. As far as Robert Sala goes, I was very happy to get him. Uh, I am – the thing that I like the most about him is that the players – definitely seem to play for him. They believe in him, and they want to play for him. Even Jordan Whitehead himself said, why, you know, when they asked him, why did you sign with the Jets? You're leaving a team that's a perennial contender, won a Super Bowl. Why the Jets? And he said, Coach Sala. To me, yeah. that speaks volumes. This isn't a guy who's – he's won four games so far in his career. This isn't you know, um, Andy Reid or the like or John Harbaugh who has like a long resume of winning. No, this is a second-year head coach, but he's got respect around the league. I think, and one of my favorite moments from the Flight 2022 series was right at the end of Episode 5 when he's addressing uh, the team in the film room. And he t- mentioned the division drought, that we've lost, lost 12 straight division games. The last time, I think it's actually, it actually might be more than that, but the last time the Jets won a division game was an irrelevant game because it was week 17 against the Bills, and they were resting pretty much all their starters at that time. So I'm glad that he has his focus on that, on mm-hmm. winning the games that need to be won. I think the biggest thing I'm not sure about yet that I need to see with him is can he be a disciplinarian? Can he hold players accountable when that needs to happen? He could be the player's coach, yeah. but there are times when you don't need a player's coach. You need a little bit of uh, somebody who's going to play the bad guy and get the team in line. And I want to see if he can yeah. do that as the season goes on. Yeah, and I remember a lot of people were having those questions because there were times where we would see a lot of the same guys get penalties, constant penalties over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And a lot of people were saying, well, hey, when is Robert Sella going to start benching guys that are going to get in these penalties? So I understand your take there, but one of the things that I'm excited about as well is now we've gotten more of the pieces for him to properly run this defense, right? We've made a lot of moves. We've got a lot of guys in. They're going to help him bring the pressure. They're going to help him, you know, be able to put guys in positions to really attack now. And that's going to be my next question for you is when you look at some of the moves that we've made this offseason, particularly in free agency, what one are you the most excited about? Wow, there's so, there's so many. Uh, if I had to go with one, I have to go with Lakin Tomlinson. Now, a couple of things about uh, Tomlinson: thirty years old, 
he has not missed a game due to injury since he was drafted back in 2015. Never missed a game due to injury. How many years have we been talking about the Jets' injury situation and how they have no depth and then those injuries get that much more exposed? So yeah. we saw it on flight. The, what were the top two things that they were looking for in their targets, love of the game of football, durability. And Tomlinson checks, that, checks both of those boxes. And uh, there's a couple other things that I really like about him. He is a very balanced offensive lineman. The Jets have, I think, mm-hmm. two or three linemen who are much better run blockers than they are pass blockers. Uh, McGovern, mm-hmm. Beckton, AVT. Tomlinson, now, not every, I'm not the biggest PFF guy, but when it comes to evaluating an offensive line, you have to look somewhere. And last year he had a grade of 75.2 in pass blocking and 75 even in run blocking. So he could do both equally well. And then if you go to John Benton in episode two of the flight episode, that trailer, the first couple of minutes, was them analyzing Lake and Tomlinson. And he just ran down trait after trait after trait, you know, smart and aware, athletic, athletic, explosive, consistently affects defenders on arrival. They made him their number one target for a reason, and I'm thrilled that they were able to get him for a good contract for a three-year deal. But one other guy that I'm going to mention real quick is C.J. Uzama. I was actually uh, doing a show with uh, Nick. I think it was with uh, it was with Jeremy uh, Jeremy Cravat. I think it was Dom, and I think Nick was Nick was there too. And we were on the air at the time the news broke, and I screamed. I was so happy to get him because he's such a leader. You know what? I, you know, tell me if you see this comparison. I look at C.J. Usama as the Bart Scott when Rex Ryan joined the Jets because he's that leader. He's that character. He brings that energy. So I can Mm -hmm. see – now, I don't know if we're getting the greatest player in the world, but he's like a good, solid player. He's not going to be George Mm -hmm. Kittle, but he's a very unique tight end. What what he does best is really yards after catch. Last year he had 298 yards after the catch, 11th most among tight ends. He had four touchdowns from outside the 20-yard line. So I'm not asking him to be the best, but, you know, he's making $8 million this year, which is right at, like, 15th among tight ends. All we need him is to be good, to be a good, solid player who can make a couple of big, explosive plays when we need him to do that. So I'm very happy to get C.J. Uzama, too. I am as well, and, and you, you, you broke down a lot about him. I'm just excited to have – you know, finally have a legitimate threat at tight end. You know, we actually we have more than one. Again, with Tyler Conklin as well, Jeremy Rucker being drafted here too. This tight end position is looking strong going into the season, a lot stronger than it has in years past. And I'm excited about it because we've been failing in that area. The last solid tight end I think we had was Dustin Keller. That's about it. After that, it's just kind of been, you know, shake, rattle, and roll. There's really been not been much. Well, now we have a situation where not only do we, are they receiving threats, but they're also guys that can block. C.J. Uzama and Conklin, they can block pretty well. Jeremy Rucker is one of the better blocking tight ends in his class. So I'm excited about that, too, because that tells you that the New York Jets are going to be running the football as well with these acquisitions. Now, we talked a little bit about the you know offseason. We talked about free agency. Adam, give me your thoughts about the draft, man. Were you excited to see Joe Douglas wheel and deal the way he did? <laughs> if you're a Jets fan, this, is, this may go down as – it has the potential to go down as maybe the best draft they've had since the uh, Chad Pennington, John Abraham, Lavernius Coles, Sean Ellis, and Anthony Beck draft. It, has, it could be that good. Uh, now, I, wow. I'd like to know your thoughts. I didn't get your thoughts on this. I, how, what was your reaction when they drafted Sauce at number four? 
When they took Sauce at four, I was a little shocked that we had passed up on Kayvon Thibodeau because I was so big on edge, right? I was, yeah. I was like, yeah. get an edge rusher, get an edge rusher, get an edge rusher. And Kayvon was my guy. I know there was a lot of talk about different people, and there were some people that just did not like Kayvon, and they had knocks on them whatsoever. Okay, fine. I was big on Kayvon Thibodeau, but when we took Sauce, I was not upset at all. I think he's a phenomenal corner. Again, this is a guy that, you know, hasn't given up, hadn't given up a touchdown. He's a collegiate career. I was shocked that uh, I think the Texans took uh, a guy before him. I didn't think he was even, you know, going to be there, but we ended up getting him. And I'm fired up about what he's going to bring to the table. How are you feeling about him? You know, I was, I'll be honest with you, I was thrilled when they made that pick. Not that cornerback was their biggest need, but you know what? Sometimes the draft isn't always about making, taking your worst need, your worst position, and making it okay. Sometimes it's about mm-hmm. taking an okay position and making it great. I feel yeah. like Sauce Gardner had the highest floor of any player in this draft. So I yep. was absolutely happy to get him. Uh, I, I, but I think most people shared your opinion. It was like, okay, we know he's good, but where is this going? What's the direction here? With, then with yeah. wide receiver, I, I, I wanted Jamison Williams, but I understand with the focus on the durability, like we talked about, why yeah. they opted for Garrett yeah. Wilson. I was, I was cool with that. I, I do believe, though, if Williams had not gotten hurt, if he had torn his ACL, he would have been, been a talking point at number four. I really think he Absolutely. might have gone that since. I was actually happiest when Drake London was taken by the Falcons. I did not want Drake London. I didn't think he had what? the separation ability. I what? did not want him. Adam, I come he, on. He was my, he was my number four. He was my number four. Adam. Yeah, we disagreed about Marcus May last year, I remember, too. <laughs> At that time, we didn't really say anything. But you have no problem telling me this about Drake London, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Drake London, okay, listen, I, I was a little shocked that Falcons took him. I wasn't shocked because I know his talent. But, you know, listen, you want a guy that can go up and get the football, that's got the ability, I'm telling you, Drake London is that guy. There's a reason why the Falcons snatched him off the board. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why. But I was happy with who we ended up at 10. I was more than happy with Garrett Wilson. This is a guy that's bringing it to the table. And we're seeing, you know, just in camp, we saw in OTAs, the freakish things he can do out on the football field and the catches he can make. Oh, that, yeah, that footwork, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. they, he is a very versatile receiver just like Elijah Moore is. There's so many different ways that we can use these top three receivers. And I'll tell you, I would even consider playing Corey Davis in the slot a little bit. You know, I'm still mm. a very big Corey Davis defender. He struggled at his most against, say, the Patriots and Broncos, who had these big physical man corners. So you know what? A couple times a game, put him in the slot. With his size and strength, he can overpower those slot receivers, and I think it can work out really well. Just something I would think about yeah. doing. But, um, mm. but, with, but with the draft, yeah, because you're asking me about the draft, you know, it was interesting because I'd say half of our group, we had about 35 to 40 people at A.J. Gators watching the draft. And I would say by mm-hmm. the time number 20 came around, half the group had gone home. You know, late at night, they figured it was over. And I'm like, guys, don't leave yet. This, the, the round's not over. I just had a feeling it's like they could trade back in. They could really trade back into that first round. I never thought in, in a million years Jermaine Johnson would make it down to 26. But now that mm-hmm. we know from the fight, from the fight show, he was doing. He was trying to trade up since maybe pick fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Like he, the way yeah. he was working the phones was just unbelievable. I mean, he had his target, and my friend Louis, uh, one of the members of the group, was like, "Jermaine, it's going to be Jermaine. We, it's going to be Jermaine." He was saying this from pick twenty. It's like we could still get Jermaine Johnson. 
And when they yep. when they jinxed him, as soon as Roger Goodell's lips started to form the G, because I was like, please let your mouth go in, form a J with form a J with your mouth. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and as soon as he did that, we were jumping, we were hugging. I mean, we could, we basically shut the bar down. People were like scared. We they didn't know why we were so happy. Uh, but they figured out pretty quickly. I mean, to get those three picks, I mean, most people would have been cool with J.J. at number 10. And we got exactly. three of our top yep. eight targets. I, I, the more I say it, I still can't wrap my mind around this. Three of our top eight players on the draft board. It is yeah. absolutely amazing to me that we pulled this up. I, I still even remember as, as it was changing on the screen when it was being announced, it's like, wait a second. There's a logo. It's a green logo. There's there's no yellow. There's no wink. We're 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 on we're on the clock. I think I probably said the same thing Joe Douglas did once he hung up the phone. Uh, let's put it mm-hmm. that way. But as far as the later picks go, um, Brees Hall. I gotta be honest. I questioned it. The idea of trading up for a running back. I didn't understand it, especially yeah. when I wanted a yeah. linebacker. Now there were some people. Everybody's that, talking yeah. about. Yeah, everybody's talking about him. Like the way people are hyping him up, it is pretty scary. Uh, especially for a running back who's had a lot of use uh, from his days at Iowa State. But him as a one-two punch with Carter, all right, fine. But the bottom line is this. With these expectations, I have one simple expectation. He was drafted to be the best running back in this draft class. That's what he has to be. Nothing less is going to be acceptable. Yeah, well, I, I look at it like this. They're, they're coming in, again, with a renewed focus. I think, again, with the, with the drafting of Jeremy Rucker, bringing in Brees Hall, I think there's going to be a renewed focus in the run. I think that Brees Hall is definitely going to bring a fresh, a fresh pair of legs. This is a guy that can do it all. He's a solid blocker. He can catch the football coming out the backfield, which is another thing that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, and they're not talking about mm-hmm. the usage of our backs coming out the backfield I think is going to be big this year, especially, again, you watch Michael Carter last year. He was coming out the backfield making plays. Go watch that Bengals game. Him catching football, taking off and running in space was a big reason why we won that football game. He was out there making plays, and Mike White was able to dump the ball off, get it, quick, get it off quickly to him, and he was making plays with his feet. That guy really carried us throughout that game. And if you continue to look you know, down for a stretch, there was a time where Michael Carter was the guy that was really making plays offensively for the New York Jets because, again, Elijah Moore took a little bit of time to come on. We had other injuries as well. He was coming out the backfield catching the ball, so I expect Brees Hall to be a guy that's going to be doing the exact same there. So I think our running back situation is looking good, and we're going to be running the ball. We're in a run-first scheme. Our run game really was just absolutely awful last year, and I think things are going to change this upcoming season. Now, we talked about the draft, Adam. We covered it quite a bit. Give me your thoughts on Zach Wilson, man. What are your expectations of him coming into this season? So this is uh, the million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, here's what, here's what mm-hmm. I would say. I know this about Zach Wilson. He's going to put in the work. The fact that he has traveled as much as he has this offseason from Nashville to Miami to Scottsdale, Arizona, you know, he will do what he has to do in his power to be the best player he can be. Mm-hmm. Ty Conklin also came here because of Zach Wilson. He admires his athleticism, his mobility, his arm angles. Zach Wilson's talent, his raw tools are respected around the NFL. Now, I actually, I got to be honest, I actually did a video on this uh, shortly before we went on the air, and I just posted that to uh, my YouTube channel, and uh, I'll mention that a little bit later. Um, yeah, absolutely. He was definitely, 
yeah, he was definitely damaged by the drops last year. He 12% of the passes that he threw last year were dropped. 15% of the passes to the running backs, 14% of the passes to the tight ends were dropped. That I'm confident will not happen again this year. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you that it's going to be like a run first offense. Uh, so so I, I'm trying to imagine like what some realistic stats would be. I think about 3,800 yards. I don't think he's going to get to 4,000. But if you do the math, mm-hmm. 3,800 yards, right around 225 a game. I think that's more than within reason. And I could see him throwing 22 touchdowns. I'm thinking about mm, nine picks or so and a couple more, maybe three to four rushing touchdowns uh, on the ground as well. He's not going to run a lot, but I think he can pick and choose his spots. And uh, I definitely, I think that's very realistic. I, I've seen some people say 34 to 35 touchdowns. First of all, that would be a Jets single-season record. The single-season record is only 31 with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's not even two a game, which is crazy to think about. But, but he definitely has some uh, spots to improve in, and uh, such as the sacks he took. He took 44 last year. That's the third most of any quarterback. And he, and he, and he missed four games, and he still took the third most sacks. So he had about a yeah. 10% sack rate on the times he dropped back. That has to drop down drastically. Uh, certainly the improvement in the offensive line will play a factor in that, but also just knowing when to throw the ball away and when to take one of those chances down the field. So making yeah. those decisions I think is going to be pivotal. When to, when to give up on a play and fight another day and when to actually go for the jugular like he did in those you know famous passes to Corey Davis and to Keelan Cole. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, I think that's going to be huge, is, and that's one thing we're seeing. You know, Zach Wilson this year, we saw him step into OTAs and camps. He looks a lot different. He's preparing himself physically. We've seen he's hit the weights. He's preparing himself mentally as well. They've been talking about how he's studying the game different. His focus is different. Michael Floor talked about this. He talked about this as well that he's looking at the game a lot differently than he has in the past. He's studying things. He's figuring out how. You know, guy, defenses, the way they're throwing things at him, he's figuring out how other quarterbacks from systems that are similar to the one that, we, that we're running right now, how they've been able to get a W from that. So I like what he's, you know, going to bring to the table. I think he's going to take a big step forward, especially with a lot of the weapons that we surround him with. So I'm fired up about Zach Wilson, and I can't wait to see him out there on the field. But listen, Adam, it's been phenomenal speaking to you, man. Before I let you go, give my audience, all the ways that they can contact you via social media, how they can get in you know, contact with your fan base as well, and where they can meet up with you folks, the phone numbers, all that stuff. All right, so I'll throw a couple things in here. So first of all, the Virginia Jets fans, best way to reach us is Facebook. Uh, so just type in Virginia Jets fans, you'll see us. And, hey, even if you're not from Virginia, you're still welcome to join. If you're ever in the area, let us know. We'd love to host you. We'd love to have you in. Uh, we're a, we're a pretty welcoming bunch, and we're a very passionate group when it comes to the Jets. Um, other than that, I'll point out a couple things. So my, I put my uh, uh, handle in the chat. So my channel yep. name is NY Sports Wicker Media. Uh, the Wicker Media thing goes back to a very famous uh, Wicker chair that I sat in during a five-hour Mother's Day uh, marathon, as it's now called, uh, with my friends All Nick right. Shine and uh, Jeremy and Tigo, who lives down in Florida, another great Jets fan. And it seemed like about uh, half the show was talking about my chair. So I took that chair home. It was at my mom's house in North Carolina. It was, I, yeah. <laughs> they were saying, like, I think George Washington's uh, teeth are, are somewhere in that chair. It was, it was pretty hysterical. So uh, we went with Wicker Media. And, uh, yeah, and I've been doing videos for about the last five or six weeks, uh, 
the vast majority of it is Mets, Jets, and Rangers content. So uh, talk yeah. a little bit of Knicks also. I know your favorite team, but uh, that's another story mm-hmm. for another day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so if you're into uh, any of those teams, definitely uh, check it out, subscribe. I, uh, you know, hey, I'm, hey, I'm just like the Jets, you know. Um, started at the bottom and slowly getting better and a little bit better all the time, uh, but I like doing the videos. And uh, also check out Jets Chaos with Jeremy. We do a Wednesday night show. Yep. And, uh, Joe, you've been on with us, so we typically go on the yep. air at 10 o'clock Eastern. And then Thursdays, I go on with Green Bean. And uh, it's, it's been pretty crazy since the last time we talked. It's all of a sudden I'm doing a channel, I'm doing a show. It, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But Thursday, I do Jets Trivia with uh, Green Bean and uh, Frankie from Flatbush. They have me on to uh, do some trivia, and I give the uh, group some very challenging Jets questions. So. I love doing the research, and uh, it's a fun way to learn about our past. And so, hey, I just feel really uh, fortunate and uh, blessed to be doing the things that I'm doing, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go from here. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Adam, it's been phenomenal to speak to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. You have yourself a good one, my friend. All right, Joe, thank you so much. You do the same. All right, thank you. Listen, Adam calling in with a Salutes to Adam Bartolo again of the Virginia uh, Jets fan club came on and gave us some hot takes about this football team. A salute to everything that they do over there as well. Anyone in Virginia in that area, please get involved with them any way they can. As you heard, they do a lot of stuff. Even in the off season, they're still connecting and talking Jets. So, whew, that was a hot one there. We're going to get, get back to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 six zero two nine six three nine is number call in we're talking jets defensive line tonight a lot of expectations about what we've got so first i'm going to go to my guy from north carolina we'll come to you next rusty salute to you my my friend you know it's always good to speak to you talking jets listen we're talking jets defensive line tonight give me your thoughts about quinnon williams do you think he has a breakout season this year hey how you doing joe you do an excellent job as usual. Uh, I think so. I mean, he has all the ability. <clears throat> He's had uh, taken time these last few years to build his strength and uh, refine his technique, and I think this is a big, big year. I know he's trying to get paid, you know, get his big contract, get his extension. Yep. I say why not. But the only thing with this defensive line unit, I love this unit, but the only thing is missing, you know what it is? Is that run-stuffing interior lineman like a Joe yeah. Krecko, a Damon Harris, yeah. a Chris Jenkins, notably, yeah. that could each one of them play, play nose tackle, but it also can do mm-hmm. defensive tackle. Time blocks, you can't move them, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I, 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 I hear what you're missing. saying. I, know, I hear what you're saying, and I know that there's a lot of people that are, you know, saying, hey, we're going to miss Fadukasi, but we've made some moves. That's right. Shutter Rankins is a guy that I think can really help us, right? He's going to come back. I thought he was solid last year. But if Quentin Williams becomes that guy, right, to take the next step, we saw injuries kind of curtail his production last year. If he can become that guy to be disruptive, boy, we're going to have – these opposing offenses are going to have a lot to deal with on their hands. I also think a lot of people are discounting the, ad, the addition of the pass rush, Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson being on the field. That's going to help us against the run as well, don't you think? Oh, yeah, no doubt, definitely. Jermaine Johnson is an excellent uh, edge setter. I had a chance to look at some of his video. He's very impressive. 
him. He's really yeah. good. He's very, very powerful man. You know, he's just a just a kid at this stage of his career, very young career, and uh, just starting out. But he's exceptional. I'm very impressed, and I was very happy that we got him at 26. That was uh, quite mm-hmm. a shocker for me because I dozed, I dozed off at 18. You know, I was so tired. I <laughs> woke up. I said, let me check this crawl. You know, I was watching uh, yeah. ESPN coverage, and, you know, they do run the crawl, you know, let you see each pick, announce each team. And then I saw a Jermaine yeah. Johnson at Twitch. I said, oh, my God, they got Jermaine Johnson. You know, all the hot mm-hmm. talk about us trading up for the tight end, but we went on and made the move up the board and got our edge rusher because I was concerned when we didn't take Tebow at four. When we announced uh, Sauce Gardner, I knew, you know, I, you know, doing more research on him now, I didn't realize how good he was. Cause I, you know, my eyes were on Stingley. Stingley was the guy. Mm-hmm. And then we took Sauce. And then after that, the Giants fan came to the stage. A little kid came up to announce came on. That made me sick. He came on, took it on, went to the Giants. I was like, oh, my God, here we go again. Oh, yeah. Lord. So I felt yeah, better, yeah. you know, seeing, you know, Johnson get picked. So that kind of um, was kind of a little Consolation prize for me, so I felt better. Yeah. So when you, we talk so, about you know. Jermaine Johnson, yeah, when we talk about Jermaine Johnson getting picked, I think we were all hyped. Now yeah. we're looking, you know, he's coming, he's looked so good in, in OTAs and camp. What are your expectations of him going into this season? How many sacks do you think he has to have for you to think, hey, this season was a success? Uh, for a rookie, be realistic, I'd say about six. If he can get about okay. six sacks, set the edge, as we expect him to do, be an effective run stuffer, and he seems to be a good young man. He has a real good vibe. You know, some guys just have that vibe, their energy, just how they how they come across. I'm, I really like this young man. Really like him. A lot of positive energy coming from him. And uh, I think he's going to be a good, good team representative and be a good Jet overall, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Very I good. Think because well we need yeah, I, I think he, I think he will as well. You know, everything that he's bringing, the energy when they talk to him, you can hear the confidence in his voice. He is fired up to be oh, a yeah. New York Jet. He's the guy that's excited to be here. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. No doubt. No doubt. Joe Douglas has yeah. done an exceptional job, but I think what he's done this year has helped re- accelerate this rebuild. You know, three mm-hmm. three picks in the first round is just uh, excellent. It seems as though he's taking his game his game as general manager to another level. I think there's more of a sense of urgency to get this team in the playoffs. I did have my yeah. concerns about the schedule being a little rough early. You know, we just have to get off, try to get off to a fast start, win a couple of games, mm-hmm. even if we're like two and three or let's say two and four, win a couple of games early, you know, build some confidence. And then hopefully as we get to the softer part of the schedule, we'll start winning. Maybe get yeah. to a streak where we can get two out of three or uh, three out of four and that kind of thing, you know. I mean, I look at it like iron sharpens iron. You know, if you want to compete yeah, and you yeah. want to be, you know, in this league, listen, when the Chiefs look at the schedule, they're not worried about it. They're worried about, you know, they look at it like, hey, you got to worry about playing us. We ain't got to worry about playing you. You know what I'm saying? That's I know right. we've got that's some tough right. teams ahead, but we've, that's, how you gotta, that's how we measure, you know, where we're at. We go and we play these tough that's teams. Right. Let's see who that's comes right. out the victor. And, again, with all the additions that we've been able to make this offseason, all the positive attitude, the guys that are going to come in and be leaders, I don't, I, don't, I don't fear nothing. You know what I'm saying? I think it's time to turn up. Oh, and yeah, I think you ready, huh? re- Yeah, to really get to the next oh, yeah, level. Now, yeah. this I, think actually, I gotta, this, I gotta this, believe they will be. I believe mm-hmm. they will yeah, be. I, do. I think the only concern I, I had about the team overall is the Jets 
run defense. I think that's the only thing I've had any real concerns about, how they're going to perform, yeah. you know. So it was pretty yeah. pretty rough last year for the defense. That the 4-3 ran was a very soft 4-3, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not like the, the New York Jets in the early 80s with Klecko and Gastineau and you had Marty Lyons or Dolph Salam on the interior stuffing. You know, we were very mm-hmm. soft last year. I just hope we come out there and stop the run. I think if we can stop the run, get teams in third and long situations, that's when you can see our pass rush, you know, really thrive and pin their ears back and just go after the quarterback, which is what this defense defense is designed to do. We have good corners. We can shut you down or at least at the bare minimum contain you. You know, you're talking about Tariq Mm -hmm. Hill and Stephon Diggs. We can contain them. We have a shot. Yeah, yeah. I think, like you said, pass rush, I think, is going to be huge, especially with our pass rush helping out our secondary. Our secondary is being improved as well. But if you look at our defense and how it's supposed to be ran, I keep telling people we're supposed to look like the Niners. The Niners provide tons of pass rush. They're getting to you. They're disruptive. Bosa, Warner, all those guys, they get after you. That's how they win down in and down out. Now, talking a little bit about that pass rush, and we talked about Jermaine Johnson. Are you expecting Uh, Carl Lawson – to take a little bit of time to work himself back into the groove of things this upcoming season? I think according to how we put this defensive line together, the depth in it, there's no need to rush Carl Lawson, you know. We have enough of a rotational mm-hmm. system going on. He can take his time yep. and heal properly, you know, because that Achilles an injury is a very serious injury, you know. So I don't want to see him yep. rushed. I'm just hoping that he'll mm-hmm. be, be ready by the, the start of the season, which is where we'll really need him. You know, when the season starts and we face off against Baltimore, you know what I'm saying? Now, yep. Now, when you talk about this rotation, because that's where I really wanted to get into it with you, because you you know these Jets backwards and forwards. Who's a guy in the rotation that you feel a lot of people are not talking about, but that's going to have an impact, man? One guy I think could, and they're talking about whether he can make this roster or not, is Bryce Hoff. You remember, I mm. think he was part of that 2020 class. Wasn't yep. he? he came out with Beckton yeah, and, yeah. and, and Michael mm-hmm. Carter the second, and all these guys came out. He came out in that class, didn't he? Mm-hmm. The 2020 class, I think Bryce Hoff and Zanigo. People have almost mm-hmm. forgotten Bryce Hoff. I think he got hurt last year, and that really kind of set him back. There's a lot of these players yep. that need to bounce back and get healthy and get on the field. I think if we can get some of our injured players back onto the field, I think that's a, a plus for our team. And we can start winning some games on that alone, you know, outside yeah. of the free agent yeah. additions and what we've done in the draft, obviously, you know. Yeah, yeah, I do. Now, my next question for you, man, all right. Yeah. There's been a lot of people talking about trading Bryce Hall. For some reason, I've gone back and forth with people constantly. Uh, hey, we got Sauce, we got Sauce Garner, we got DJ Reed, we got Michael Carter. You know, we got these guys, Joe. It, we need to move on from Bryce Hall. What are your thoughts on that, man? Do you think the New York Jets should be looking to take calls and move on from Bryce Hall? I say absolutely not. See, what, what's going to happen going into 2023 offseason, because we fill so many key positions, Joe Douglas is going to have a luxury to build depth, to prepare mm-hmm. this team for a rough and turbulent and long season, you know, just in case we get a few bru- bumps and bruises that the players need mm-hmm. to take a week off or so to recover. They'll be able to do that without, without us taking a, a big drop-off in overall production. You know what I'm saying? 
I think yeah. uh, 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 Bryce Hall has been a very good corner for us. I don't see any reason to get rid of him. I don't see any reason to trade him. I don't, I don't know why that, that talk is out there. What it is, because we're not used to having a, a, a certain amount of riches at any one position. You know, when we have an extra guy or surplus, you know, guys are ready to trade that one guy. I say, no, no, yep. keep him. Keep Bryce yeah. Hall. Keep Bryce Hoff, our edge rusher. Keep these guys around because at some point, they're going to get a chance to get in the game and get some snaps and show what they're really mm. capable of, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. Listen, I hear you. I, I've gone back and forth. I've never – I didn't understand it. I went back and forth with a lot of people, and I said to myself, hey, listen, did you guys not watch last season when we had issues keeping guys healthy? You know, That's just right. because we signed bad. a guy like, you know, yeah, we, we signed a guy like Sauce Garner, who I think is phenomenal. Yes, we got Michael Carter. We got all these guys. But guess what? It's not like Bryce Huff or Bryce Hall, excuse me, was a bad football player. He was a heck of a corner last season. Are we not doing oh, yeah. competition at every position? That's what we talk about constantly. Guess what? Just because you draft a guy doesn't mean he automatically is going to give up his spot. You know, let this guy compete just like you do everybody else. Hell, we got Makai Becton competing. You know, for let's That's right. That's right. Why, do, why are we just handing guys this number one corner spot when this guy, Bryce Hall, has earned it? You know what I'm saying? And, and we'll see That's what right. he does in camp this year. I'm a big Bryce Hall guy. I'm just letting it be known. That's right. But uh, a lot and of I people think, think having that extra corner. Go ahead. And I think having an extra cornerback is going to prepare us. If teams go to some sort of a spread formation, we'll be better prepared than most yep. teams to handle that, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Having I just, that extra you know, cornerback around, back you know? That's yep. right. I, I just I, have his opportunity to get in the game and get snaps. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, That's I think right. a lot of people just think he's going to be taken out of that – that number one cornerback role, listen, Bryce is not just going to give it up, all right? He's oh, going to no, go out no, there no, and compete, and he's going to fight, all right? Don't listen. Stop he's going to remind him that he's a very solid corner, a very good corner in his own right, you know? Exactly, exactly. Now, my <laughs> final question for you, my friend, because you've given us a lot of takes, man. I love what you bring to the sure. table. When you look at the free agency, you know, there was guys that were still out there. Larry Ogunjobi is a guy that ended up signing with the Steelers. Were you upset that we weren't able to get him signed, even after he came in and kind of flirted with being a New York Jet? Uh, yes, I was very disappointed. Ogunjobi, I think, was one of the guys on my radar to try to yep. fill some of the need I thought we had for a run-stuffing uh, interior defensive lineman. As I so mm-hmm. stated with my uh, opening uh points about this interior, not having a Joe Klecko, Damon Harris, or, or even a Chris Jenkins. You need that defensive lineman that's a little bigger, more stout, and more powerful than the others on along that defensive line to tie the blocks. To me, the vision mm-hmm. I had is have one next to Quentin Williams that can be the guy that's tying the blocks, free him up to just come off the ball and not have to worry about stuff in the run. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping we got him, but we didn't end up with him. And now well, he's a stealer. But, you know, I'm excited about the guys we brought in. We got a solid rotation. Oh, yes. and we got guys fighting up front. You know, got Sheldon Rankins coming back. I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people want it more, but I am hyped about this New York Jets defensive line. So, listen, my oh, friend, yeah. I got to get back to these lines. Okay. Yeah, we should be. Lines is hot, man. I got to get back to them. I want to thank you for calling in. Listen, next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, my friend. I love going back and forth with you. Same here, and I really appreciate you for taking my call, buddy. And you take care Absolutely. of yourself. Thank you. You, you. you as well. You have yourself a good one. Okay, now. 
Listen, my guy from North Carolina calls in. He knows his Jets, all right? We're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Also, please give the stream a thumbs up if you haven't already. Subscribe to the stream if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell. If you'd like to give to the stream, please do. Anything that you give to the stream is greatly appreciated. While we're talking about giving to the stream, salutes to my guy, Tim's Collectibles, with the big, 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 I said salutes to my guy, Tim's Collectibles, with the big, 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 big donation. Tim's Collectibles says, great channel. Get the word out for Joe. Salutes to you, Tim. Again, I want to thank you for the big, 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 big donation. The big donation. Salutes to Tim. Again, I want to thank him. So we'll get back to these lines again. 515 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Next, we're going to my guy, Rusty. Rusty is on the line, and he wants to talk Jets. And I'm excited to talk with him as well. Salutes to you, Rusty. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Listen, Rusty, we're talking Jets defensive line. And I think when you talk about this line, you got to talk about Quentin Williams. There's a lot of people that have question marks about him. How are you feeling about him going into this season? Do you think he will have a big bounce back season and start to live up to that high draft pick that we actually ended up taking with Warren? Salutes, Joe and fellow savages. But uh, yeah. with, uh, with Baby Kiwi, Hold on, he, he better deliver. Hold on, Hold on Rusty. Yeah. Let me stop you right there. For those of you that don't know, for those of you that don't know, I wanted to let you hear his voice for a second to realize that Rusty. Oh, Rusty. <laughs> Damn. Rusty's a savage. Go ahead, Rusty. Heck yeah, brother. Um, yeah, well, with. With Q, he, I don't know. I call him Baby Qey. You know, break his chops and stuff, of course. But he's got to prove it to me. I don't. I don't think he's proven it yet. Um, you know, he's had his good, he's had his highs, and he's had his downs. But he, he hasn't had his consistency. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I guess it's because they always compare him to, to Donald. But um, I don't know. And we got him so high too. So. I don't know. Uh, he, I, I hope he does. You know, I, I really do. I don't want him to be, you know, I don't want him to be bad. But um, I hope that, like, uh, like North Carolina guy was saying, I, I hope that contract, you know, lights a little fire underneath him, gets him to do, and then yeah. I hope after, he, if he does, he continues that. Because uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think JD would see something like that, but he also needed help around him too, in a way, you know, but. He's yeah. he's got he's well, what in his think, fourth year now, so yeah. Well, he's he signed that fifth year option. I, I think the thing is, is that I think he's a guy that's really going to greatly benefit from the weapons that we put around him. You t- you started to talk a little bit about it. Us bringing in yeah. Carl or you know Carl Lawson coming back healthy, right? Us bringing in Jermaine yep. Johnson, getting him in the draft. Hopefully, I think that's going to help you because now you can't just double team this guy and okay, that's it, because nobody else on this Jets defensive line is going to make plays. That's what we saw last season. John Franklin Myers was supposed to step up and be the guy after, you know, Carl Lawson went down. We were saying, okay, John Franklin Myers. But, again, we saw periods through the season where he was just, you know, not a factor out there. When Q was out there, we saw him, again, getting doubled. He couldn't get away from guys. It's like, well, now 
you have to deal with him. And I think that if he's ever going to live up to it, and he said it himself, he's got to be more of an impact player. If he's ever going to live up to that high draft pick, this year is going to be the year. We got the two pass rushers. We're going to bring the table. I think he's going to benefit from the added pressure that's going to be brought because now he's got that one-on-one matchup, and it's going to be time for him to dominate. Right, Rusty? I feel you. Yeah, I mean, he's got the heart of a champion. He's got a ring in college. You know, I don't like Alabama, but they did what they did. You know, it happens. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it uh, yeah, he absolutely he doesn't have excuses. You know, no more. And you know, him having his brother on the team too is a real benefit. You know, that little, you know, like his his brother can talk to him on a different level than you know the teammates can. You know what I mean? It's yeah. and vice versa too but uh his brother's just i don't know that's what it is too like uh quinnon uh quinnon uh quincy Quincy. i I always get him quincy yeah he he's got a tenacity in him that i wish that you know quinnon had like he's got Mm -hmm. he's like gung-ho ready to kill you he's like the mindset of clemens and you know it's obviously in his blood they're brothers literally so it uh, I I hope he finds that. I think he is. You know what I mean? Like I think because people are giving him some of the stuff that Beckton gets, which I don't understand the Beckton part. But yeah, it, like you know, it. like they're on him. So I yeah. I hope that does it to him because you know it's got to be humbles. You know, like he didn't win us championships. He he did that for Bama. You know, that's red. That's a whole well, different shade yeah, of I, you know the colors. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, we're I, green I, over here, you know. We're added. green and black. We ain't red. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think with the uh, again, I think with the addition of you know some of the the guys we got around him, I think he'll really step up this upcoming season. Especially again, he wants that big contract. He's gonna have to play, and he's acknowledged a lot of this stuff. We saw the you know after the season they did interviews, and he was talking about that. This next season, I'm gonna dominate. Next season, I'm gonna step in. I know that I've got to become more of an impact player on this defensive line, i got to constantly make plays. So I'm fired up about, you know, uh, winning going into this season. We're going to see what he brings. Now, another guy I'm hyped about, Jermaine Johnson, man. Jermaine Johnson, there's a lot of people talking about this kid. Listen, Rusty, how many sacks do you think Jermaine Johnson is going to have to have this season for it to be a successful season for him in your eyes? My eyes? And I'm one of those guys, too, where it's like, oh, you know, darn you, damn you, Rusty. You know, but it is what it is. You know, it is what it is, fam. So, like, I, 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 he needs, like, seven to nine in my eyes, you know, at least, you know, 17-game wow. season. Okay. So, but um, it, I, it's the thing that troubles me with him is that he did leave – you know, Georgia, he did leave the SEC, and he went to the ACC and dominated it. But, you know, his work ethic speaks for itself, too. You know, him him coming out of um, – what the heck was that college? How do I always forget that? Uh, what's the one that he got out of? Not not Georgia, the one before, the one that's really tough to get out of. Last Chance you? that's the one. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Go, go yeah. Ahead. yeah, so he, he got out of that. So he's got heart and he's got mm-hmm. fight. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. And I hope for the best, I really do. But he, he's he got to get at least seven or nine in my eyes. If he gets more than that, good God, I'm cool with that. I, I want to eat my words. Wow. You know, I'll eat that humble so, pie. I mean, uh, I'll do it. I'll eat crows in it, too. That's cool. But seven or nine, I mean, it's, it, it, uh, it's doable. We'll see. We'll see. It's doable, especially again. Why, you with, expect you know, less? Some of the other things. 
Yeah, some, well, I, you know, he is a rookie, all right? I will say mm-hmm. that. He is a rookie. So, for me, I think five, five to six is okay for me, especially as a rookie, all right? As long as we see the pressure that's there, as long as he gets into guys, because there may be sometimes where he'll, he'll get a good move, he'll get off, he'll get some pressure, but not get the sack. Okay, you know, but five to yeah, six. But again, that nine, hurry. I understand. Yeah, I understand that. You know, I'm seven to nine. Okay, I understand that. I don't think that's too crazy. Mm-hmm. I've heard some higher numbers where I've been like, whoa, He's not, you know, let's just yeah. slow down. Yeah. But seven, seven to nine, seven to nine, I'm hyped. Now, when you look at that other side as well, Rusty, we got Carl Lawson returning, man. Do you think it's going to take him a little bit to get back to the groove of things, you know, playing the NFL? How are you feeling about him? Do you think he'll start out the season on fire? Uh, I, I hope he does. You know, I see the Suggs in him. Suggs went, you know, Suggs played like a man on fire after he came back from it. He had his best seasons after mm-hmm. his Achilles. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I I hope he's like that. You know, I see that in him. He's a, you know, he's a, he's an animal, you know, and he's a focused yeah. one. So, and he didn't even get to you know show why we got him. So, yeah. it might be like how Mosley was, you know, just got injured and then you know come back, but want to come back, you know, and not want to play for the hack gase. But uh, then, yeah, that's that's really how I see it. But that's also how I can see, you know. Uh, Jameson, and he uh, can get seven to nine sacks because what are you going to do? You're going to double team Q? Are you going to double team JFM? Are you going to you know chip and double team Lawson and then you know start plugging players in there? Who knows Huff? You know I I don't know if Huff is going to get cut, but we have a lot of options. You know. Yeah, we so, do. Yeah, we do. There's a lot of we have a lot of rounds in that gun, if you will, and it's a, you know it's like a fifty cal. It's looking pretty good. But uh, yeah, I I don't. That's that's why it it, it it they gotta they gotta do something, and I hope that JFM stays on the inside because when he stays on the inside, he's a whole different animal. Him on the outside isn't too really good, you know. It's it, he benefited a lot more, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be something because now we have athletic guys too, you know, and. They can mm-hmm. just do the different types of slides, and they can punch through, and do. They're all different kinds of players, which is great, because they're not all one yeah. type of style. So, yeah. you know, that whole line's getting a whole bunch of different wax wax jobs in a good way, and it's just, you know, you got to deal with the the, the crazy house, and uh, then yep. you know we got our linebackers and our secondary, and everybody's sleeping on hole. I love him, man. And I don't. Yeah, give me, give I, me your thoughts. I, give he, me your thoughts on this, Rusty, because there's a lot of people saying that you know there's a lot of Jets fans. I'm not. I've gone back and forth. They're looking to trade Bryce Hall. They're sending New York Jets to look to trade him. What are your thoughts on that, man? That's insanity to me. You know, like, and, and I'm all about insanity, but that's just that's just, <laughs> that's that's not, man. You know, like, come on. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't see that because he only gets better every year. And, yeah. you know, like he was slept on literally all the time. And, you know, like mm. what? Maybe he's got cinder blocks in his hands, but that's, you know, that's the reason why he's a, he's a cornerback and not a wide receiver or a slot receiver, yeah. you know? There's a reason why. Yep. I'd rather see him with cinder blocks than, than having a Jafrail and watching him in the mm. safety, you know, having cinder blocks, not doing anything and whatever. I'm just happy Jamal's gone. But it's, yeah, so I'm happy with it. I, it's just, it's a good thing to have that type of, those guys too, like over, like Reed, having sauce, mm-hmm. 
having Hall. And I'm telling you, like, Hall's got a chip on his shoulder. He's like, what? What has what Sauce done? You know, like, what? He hasn't allowed a touchdown? Yeah, I get it. He's like, has he played in the NFL yet? Has he, you know, got kicked in the mouth and smiled with bloody teeth and, you know, just said, feed me more? You know, I'm not, you're not going to break me? You know, so it's good. Uh, and then you can plug and play those guys that, you know, on, with anybody, really. And you can confuse mm-hmm. and terrorize the heck out of opposing offenses. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, I, the I, NFL is not going to see it coming. And it's, yeah, I, I tell people all the time. I've gone, Again, I've gone back and forth with so many people. I do not understand why all of a sudden there's this movement to get rid of Bryce Hall. I don't get it. Because we people got to stop playing Madden. At every, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, for we, real. We, like, we, stop. We, knock it off. We, Quit we, playing Madden. You're not allowed. <laughs> we we preach you competition at it. every position. Yeah, we preach competition at every position, and it's like you're mm-hmm. ready to get this guy out of here simply because you drafted somebody else. Hey, they still have to take the spot from him. If you go back and you watch last season, Bryce Hall was a very big bright spot on our defense, and I remember going into last season, there was a lot yeah. of people that talked about, hey. Uh, you know, we we think the Jets secondary is weak. There was a lot of questions about That's Bryce what, Hall, and he showed. I was one of them. I can sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, but gotta admit it. Yeah, yeah, I can stick with some <laughs> of the best wide receivers. Go ahead, Rusty. You said you were one of them, weren't you? That was questioning him, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, and I'm sorry, but yeah, I, I admit it. I, and then all of a sudden, it happened. I'm like, whoa, whoa, like. Yep. It's it's our strong suit. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I'm cool with that. I was wrong, but yeah, go ahead, bud. I'm sorry. I just yeah. No, yeah, yeah you're a thousand percent right. Accountability. I respect that because there's a lot of people that will say things and say I never said them. There's also a lot of people. Jets. Some Jets fans are all with all due respect that will tweet stuff and then delete it. You know what I'm saying? Just think, you know if you have they ain't savages, hate. Sam. <laughs> You're right. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They ain't it savages. Is, it is, you know, I'm just letting you know that we see that. You know what I'm saying? We see people yeah. deleting tweets after you just said it, you know? crack. Stop. <laughs> okay, we see you. That's all I'm going to say, all right? Now, my final it's question true. for you, Rusty, because you've given us a lot of takes, man. Are you expecting this New York Jets defense, with all the additions that we made, particularly along the defensive line, to be better against the run than we were last season. We were 29th against the run last season defensively. Do you think we'll be much better? And the screen's better. I'll lose it, man. Like, I will yeah. lose it. I'll, I'll, like, there'll be a hole in my roof from my head exploding like a tea kettle, just like a beyond mm-hmm. amount of pressure. I, I'm tired of seeing those screens. But, yeah, I mean, we, we, there's, there's no reason why we can't kill, it, kill, runner, kill running backs and – just end the types of screens and uh, yeah i i think we are but uh up the middle i think is going to be a little something the the guy before from north carolina said it too we're missing like a jenkins type of player you know just a bowl clogger that's extremely athletic and just furious so but uh i think we're on a, a very good track though because if you're going to force yeah. them, you know, someone to run in the middle and in the teeth of our defense, at least we got some linebackers that can lay the wood, some, uh, you know, safeties that are basically linebackers. So, you know, if, if you're going to have to go through us, I'd rather you try and do it up the middle. And I think maybe that's what we're doing in a way. And then next year we go in the middle, both on offense and defense with center and, uh, you know, just a big fatty, a big defensive tackle. Yeah. And linebacker. I'm a little sad yeah. we missed Chanel, but, you know, we, we, <laughs> yeah. if it makes up for it with Super Bowls, I'm cool with it. So, 
Yeah, you know, I think, again, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Sheldon Rankins. I think Sheldon Rankins is a guy that's going to be able to put some things together. You know, again, they move guys around. Oh, yeah. Solomon Thomas to be a guy that they move around to the inside, too. If everyone's talking about this big nose tackle, we don't have a big nose tackle. We don't have this big guy. Listen, if Quentin Williams turns into the guy, Quentin Williams turns into the guy that we all, you know, that he says he's going to be and we all want, Dude, he's going to be a disruptive run stopper. You know, he's going to be a guy that's going to cause a lot of issues up front and get a lot of tackles for loss, get into the backfield and do that stuff. So I think a lot of people are sleeping on that too as well, Rusty. But listen, Rusty, no, I I thank you for calling in tonight. It's just goal line yeah, it scares phenomenal. me. Yeah, I hear you. It was phenomenal to speak to you tonight, my friend. Thank you again for calling in. speaking with you, Joe. You. you have a good one, my friend. You too, Joe, and then we'll also have a great time too, fellow savages. Happy Fourth, everybody. That's what I'm talking about. Salutes, Rusty. Salute. Listen, this has been quite a show, man. Salutes to all the savages in the chat. My guy, SL James, salutes to you. He says, I love DJ Reed, but I believe Sella might use him in the slot when Sella was the coordinator. And San Fran, he used Reed a lot in the slot when the secondary was hurt over there. Yeah. That's a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about him possibly doing that here. Again, there's a lot of pieces that can constantly be moving within his defense. We're already seeing it. Again, there's a lot of guys along the defensive line people aren't talking about. Solomon Thomas, he's a guy that's going to be moved around. We saw him moved around and sell his defense in the past, inside, outside. Guys are going to be utilized in different ways. That's why I keep saying, why is everybody so sold on getting rid of Bryce Hall? It's like, come on, bro. Come on. SL James also says, this is a make-or-break year for Quinnen. Yeah, it's a make-or-break year for Quinnen Williams in a lot of people's eyes, in a lot of people's eyes. We'll see how he continues going forward, man. If he can clean up some of the injury bugs that's been biting him, really get to get out there and dominating on the field, I think, again, people are going to kind of turn around on Quinnen. But he's got to go out there and perform because he was drafted extremely high, man, and we have not seen enough out of him. NY Jets FL salutes to you. He says, hopefully our offense will dominate the time of possession, so that will help our defense. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it's about, playing complementary football. And that's why I keep telling people this running game, this running game is going to be huge, man. It's going to be huge for us coming into this year because the more time that we can eat up on the clock running the football, the better it's going to be for our defense. The more that we can control the football, control the tempo, control the time of possession, that is going to be huge for us. Simply Awesome also says, the Jets haven't beat anyone in the division in two years. Do you think the Jets can win one against each division rival this year? I do. I do. Of course, the Bills are a super tough team, but, you know, I think that we can go toe-to-toe with them and see who comes out the victor. We are greatly improved. We're coming in with pass rush. We're coming in with a you know, some new guys in our secondary that are really going to change things. Our offense looks, you know, quite a bit different as well. Um, you look at the Patriots. The Patriots, again, they're always well coached. But guess what? We're coming in and we, we've changed some things too. We're well coached as well. You know, and the Patriots offensively looking a little shaky. That wide receiver position looking a little shaky this year. And we're coming with some pass rush. We're going to be able to get after Mac Jones. You know, the Dolphins, yes, they got Tyreek Hill. Yes, they got Waddle. But you got Tua. And we all know, you know, two is going to make some mistakes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It is Tua, you know. Just give him another one, man. It's Tua. Come on, man. You know, so we can go toe-to-toe with the Dolphins as well. We got pass rush. We got some guys that can cover. We can get after it. And they're going to have to answer 
you know, to us as well when we when we step on offense. Zach Wilson in the second year, we got a you know a solid running game behind Zach Wilson and upgraded offensive line. Our wide receiver position is looking very nice. You know what I'm saying? Corey Davis coming back, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Braxton Berrios. If Mims can get back into the fold as well, that'll that'll be amazing. That's five wide receivers, you know, that can really get after it. You know, and it, even if Mims isn't, my guy Jeff Smith, Jeff Smith said, uh. I'm putting my name in as there as well. Maybe he snatched that fifth wide receiver spot. We'll see. So, listen, folks, this has been a phenomenal show. I'm going to go ahead and close it out. It's been fire. Listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I am also on Twitter as well, okay? I'm also on Twitter as well, YoungJ000. Again, YoungJ000, if you want to troll me, no problem. I'll troll you right back. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. And always understand, I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times, I will keep that jersey on, all right? Now, keep in mind, I'm just saying, we just drafted this kid, right? We got him, stepped in. One of the best guards in the league. I'm not saying that just to be saying that. I'm not a homer. I'm saying you can go look. He's playing some of the best football from a guard's perspective in the league. He was dominating people out there, one of the best young guards in the league. Now we're moving him to the right side, right? We got Lakeland Tomlinson on the left. Look out, buddy, okay? Vera Tucker's going to take your head off. So you want to troll me, let's go back and forth. I'm also on YouTube as well, all right? Go ahead, go over to YouTube, type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. All right, subscribe to that channel, hit that notification bell, so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. If you want to troll me, go ahead and hit those comments. I'll troll you right back, and we can go back and forth, all right? Listen, I got to tell you folks, man, listen, (laughs) the hugs are free, all right? Don't let anybody change it, all right? Free hugs for everyone, okay? Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will always be free, okay? No matter what anybody tells you, the hugs will always remain free when you see me, okay? And you will see me, believe me, all right? So I want to thank you folks for listening. Again, I want to thank Adam Bartolo from the Virginia Jets Fan Club coming on. I also want to thank Robert Gage for coming on as well from the Orange County Jets Fan. It was amazing to speak to those both, both of those gentlemen. If you're in either one of those areas, get in touch with both of those fan clubs. Man, they do a lot of great stuff for what they're doing. So, again, I want to thank them for coming on. So I want to thank you folks for listening and calling in. Without you folks, I'm absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the times out of your day to call in and listen to the show. You folks are the absolute best. You folks have a good one. Peace.